Praise the Lord. Come let's give the Lord a clap. Thank you, Jesus. We honor you tonight. We bless and praise you tonight. Praise the Lord. Please be seated. Why don't we open our Bible, the Word of God. Let's have a look in 2 Kings 13. So we're going to talk about breaking through tonight. Breaking through. Last week we shared on how uh, we handle impossible situations. God's strategies. There are times in our life when we face pressures or problems or, or pressure on us that seems absolutely overwhelming. How many of you know in a situation like that? How many of you face a situation like that? Looks like it just seems like you're outnumbered. Right? Well, God loves to come and help us when we're outnumbered in life. How many know that God can do far more exceedingly abundantly than we ask or think? In other words, the capacity of God to help us is not limited uh, at all by God. It's limited by our thinking, our mentalities and attitudes. It's limited by our asking and our believing. And so now I want to share a story of a man who had an opportunity for a breakthrough. And uh, he got a partial breakthrough. He didn't get all that he could have got. And from the story, we can realize that you and I can actually, in our life, have breakthroughs in our life in various areas, but it requires that we do something. So I want us to read the story here. And this uh, takes place at the end of Elijah's life. Elisha's life. Elisha's about to die. And the Bible tells us that the nation of Israel had been overwhelmed by Syrians. They just run in and they run over the place. And uh, they had impoverished the whole place, and the people of God were absolutely outnumbered. And this, this is a very great picture for us, like the devil wants to contain you. He wants to run over you and intimidate you, push you back, so you feel you're small and that you can't do much with your life or make any kind of impact. You get it in school, you feel the pressure of the people, the pressure of the crowd, pressure of uh, the mentalities of people pushes against us, and we kind of feel, well, what can I do? Can I make any difference? Well, we can make a difference, but we've got to learn how to access the life and the resource of God to make a difference in our life. And so I want to read the story now, just a few simple keys out of the story. It says uh, that uh, now Elisha was fallen sick of the sickness where eventually he died. So he's just coming to the end of his life. And Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over him and said, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. So uh, Elisha realized, uh, sorry, uh, the king realizes he has an opportunity to receive something from a man of God. He has an opportunity to receive a word that can change his life. And we see one of the first things he does is he goes and makes the effort to journey. The king goes to where the prophet is. And here's the first key. You must position yourself where God is moving and speaking if you want to draw on the life of God. You have to position yourself to be able to receive from God. You see, when the king looked out, the nation and the land was completely overwhelmed. He had no power. He only had a handful of chariots. He was absolutely outnumbered in every area of his life. But he, as he came to Elisha, notice what his statement is. He called him, my father, my father. And he begins to say an unusual statement, talks about chariots and horsemen. What he's saying is this. He's saying, in God, there are the resources to overcome every obstacle that we face currently. And so he, he looked around him and saw there's horsemen and chariots, every kind of opposition, military army, and he begins to acknowledge God has got capacity to help us through every situation in life. You've got to decide that God will be your source. Now, I wonder what you make your source in life. Generally, when you're under pressure, you'll go to what you think gives you life. When you're under pressure, you'll tend to go to the things that you think are going to help you. 
So for some people, well, they're down to the pub and have a drink because they think that'll help me. I'll have a drink. My head will clear. I'll feel better. And after a few more drinks, their head isn't clear. It's got quite thick, and they're not thinking better at all. They've just forgotten the pain until they come out of it after a little while. So that doesn't help. Some people, they'll try something else. People try all kinds of things. Some people will get in the video games. So you play the video games, get away there in a world of cyborg, killing, destroying, doing whatever they do out there, and then you come back, and suddenly the problems are all there. See, we will go in our mind, our thoughts, and in our inner life to where we believe help lies. And this man believed that God could help him. He believed that Elisha, the man who had done so many miracles, held the key to him getting a breakthrough. So I wonder what you do. First thing is, position yourself where God is able to speak to you. How do you do that? You need to turn to him in prayer. You need to start to come and begin to acknowledge, Lord, my help is in you. What I need for my situation right now is for you to help me. Usually that's the one thing people don't do. We go and we'll ring up someone. Hey, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Listen, turn to God. Turn to the Lord. Get, shut the door. Get alone with God and let your voice come up. Because this is what he did. He got alone with Elisha who represented the uh, life, the anointing, the presence of God in the nation that day. And he acknowledged that God was his source of help. He positioned himself to receive something from God. That's one of the first steps when you're feeling over num- uh, out- over- overwhelmed or outnumbered. Position yourself where God can touch you. You know what I find a lot of people do? They stop coming to church. They stop praying. They stop reading their Bible. They do exactly the opposite. They, they turn away from the one person who could actually help them. So that's the first thing. First key, position yourself where God can speak in you. Notice what Elisha immediately says. to 2 Kings 13, verse 15 now. And Elisha said to him, so God is willing to help us. God is more than willing to help us. So as he stood there, Elisha begins to outline for him what he needs to do. God will always show you what you need to do. Notice here what Elisha said to him. He said, take a bow and arrows, and he took up a bow and arrow. So you notice the first king is you need to position yourself where you can hear God talk to you what you need to do in your situation. If that may be a marriage situation, it may be a family situation, maybe a financial situation, maybe a peer pressure situation, work, whatever it is, position yourself where God can talk to you, listen to what he has to say. Now, you notice here that Elisha said to him, he didn't say, well, God's just going to do some great thing. You've got to be part of the answer. Most people think, well, I just turn to the Lord. He'll do it all for me. Not so. This is what the man of God said to him. He said, this is what God spoke to him. He said, I want you to pick up bow and arrows. He said, don't complain about how bad the situation is. Make a decision. You will stand up and you'll fight and you'll work into that situation. So you notice he's he's actually got a, a directive he gets from God to stand up and to declare his intention to fight. Now, I found a lot of people, when pressure comes on, tend to just collapse and look for someone to help them out. That's a victim mentality. Bible tells us, greater is he in you than he that's in the world. In other words, whatever situation comes into our lives, there is someone in us, the Holy Spirit, that is able to empower us to face every situation in life and to win out in it. And so you must actually make a decision that you will stand up and fight. You'll make a decision not to lie down. The only person that's beaten is the one that won't get back up again. You've got to keep getting up again. You've got to keep getting up. Thomas Edison, who gave us the light, 10,000 times he tried to make a light bulb and failed. 
And they said, aren't you sick of this? Aren't you going to quit? He said, no. He said, I've just found about 10,000 ways not to do it. But there must be one way to do it. And he found the one way to do it. And now he's known as the one who made the electric light. We all enjoy its benefits. But he just would never quit. He would never give up. He would just never give up. When his factory, he had a factory there. There, there was, a, there was a, he had a, had a factory and he invested all his life savings into uh, the movie industry. And then the whole thing was burnt to the ground. In the midst of it, this is what he did. He said to his family, come out and look at this. You'll never see a fire like this again. And uh, the place burnt to the ground. The next day he got up and he said, well, he said, everyone, I want you just to stick with me. We're going to rebuild and we're going to start again. We're going to go again. You actually have to make a quality decision that you will stand up and you'll fight. You must determine that you will do all that you need to do to get a breakthrough. You can't just sit back and pray and wait for God to do it all. He doesn't do it all. He empowers you to be able to do what is needed to work and get the breakthrough, and he adds to you what you need, as you'll see in just a moment. So he said, take up the bow and arrows. In other words, demonstrate your intention to stand up and fight. Second thing, you notice the next thing down here, verse 16. He said to the king of Israel, and now put your hand on the bow. And he put his hands on the bow, and Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. Now you notice this. It's like the king of Israel, he said, pick up the bow. So he picked up the bow and he held it in his hands. And then Elisha stood up and he came around behind him and he put his, rounds, his hands around from behind and put his hands over the hands of the king. Now, one, a thing that people don't seem to realize very often is that God requires that we stand up and do something. And when we do it, he will come around with us put his hands upon us and upon what we're doing, and he'll begin to empower us to do things we could never do. But you've got to pick up the bow and pick up the arrow. You've got to actually determine or decide you're going to stand up and be involved as being a part of the solution. You can't just wait and stand back and let God do it all. It's what it says in Romans chapter 8. It tells us that the Holy Spirit makes intercession together with us. In other words, as we pray, the Holy Spirit takes hold with us. You like power steering. Power steering, you could sit there and say, well, I've got power steering. I don't need to do anything with this car anymore. It'll steer itself. That's not true. You leave the car to steer itself and go off the road and crash. It requires, power steering requires, you take the hands of the steering wheel and you firmly direct where you're going to go. But the moment you do, power starts to kick in. I remember uh, years ago, I had a, pre, uh, had a uh, 1936 Ford V8. It was a great old V8. Man, I loved it. It was my first car. It cost me $100. And uh, it was a very, <laughs> it was a great car. It was a smoky old Joe. You know, you started up and, you know, this V8 sound out there. And, and put your foot down and go up on a hill. And I could, you could look out the back mirror and you, could see, you couldn't see the cars behind you because all the smoke that would blow out the back. But oh, I loved it. It was my first car. It was a V8, 1936 Ford V8. And uh, it was a big car and had a grunty sound. But the one thing that was missing was power-assisted steering and power-assisted brakes. And so in order to steer it, you had this ball on the steering wheel, and you had to wind the thing around like that if you really wanted to turn, then wind it back the other way. And when it came to stopping, you'd, 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 I had to watch all the time because it didn't have power-assisted brakes, so it had these old cable things. And you'd have to sort of hold onto the steering wheel and pull on the steering wheel and 
push with all your might and you'd sweat as you wondered whether the thing would stop. And as it was slowing down, you realize it may not stop in time. I may have to look for a way to swing out and, uh, so I don't run into the back and tail end someone. It was a horrendous, fearful car to drive because it wasn't power assisted in any kind of way. And so I had many, 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 many a frightening moment as people in front of me stopped suddenly, not realizing I had no such ability to stop suddenly. I needed warning to stop because we had no power assistance. And it was a great thing for me later on when I replaced it, got another car. Actually, I had a 34 Ford V8, and I replaced the brakes in that because I had too many scares. And we put power-assisted brakes. And when you got the power-assisted brakes, man, you put your foot, and she'd just pull up like that. But you notice something? The thing, was, the thing that made the difference between the two vehicles was I had something that assisted me in what I was doing. You couldn't see it. It looked exactly the same from the outside, but under the bonnet it had what it needed to make this thing stop in time. And so it's like that in the things of the Spirit. You see, you notice here the king stood up and he held the bow and demonstrated his intention to fight, and the man of God came around and put his hands upon him. In other words, he identified with him and imparted to him. Now you and I need to recognize that when we stand up in our situations in life, God identifies with us and will impart what we need. It's imparted through faith. You have to believe for God to help you. You have to believe. You don't see him. Like this man saw the, the Elisha. He didn't say, we don't see the Lord, but we have to understand the Holy Spirit within us will empower us if we'll demonstrate our willingness to take action. So you look and you see problems around you, and you don't realize that Almighty God is willing to get involved in helping those situations. If you will stand up and demonstrate your intention to do what's needed, He will come with you and help you. I have uh, had many people, when it came to a missions trip, and they start to freak out before they go on a missions trip. And they, start, they get all nervous, and they start to think, man, what's going to happen? And, and I tell them, listen, when you're here... You won't feel anything. But when you're there, when you're in the spot to do what God wants you to do, you will feel his presence come around you. He will work through you and do things that surprise you. But you have to believe for that to happen. You have to believe for that to happen. So number one, he positioned himself where God could speak with him and give him direction. Number two, he listened to that direction and determined to stand up and actually face the situation. That's what you and I have got to do too. Whatever the situation is, you've got to actually make a decision. You'll stand up and do your part. You can't just sort of expect or play the victim and lie down and expect God to just do it all. You're not going to do it all. You've actually got to do something. Remember when uh, when the children needed to save up to, to do something, to go to Australia, that I said, well, you can pray all you like, but at the end you have to stand up and engage raising money, and then when you do, you can expect God to put his hands on what you're doing and make it prosper and go much better. This is the most wonderful thing. It's like we have a power-assisted life. How about that? Have you ever thought of that, that the Holy Ghost inside you is a power-assisted life? So whatever situation you face in life, you have the capacity to break through it. You have inside you what you need. What is within you? You have the Holy Ghost within you. Most people have never got to listen to the Holy Spirit or learn how to activate the gifts and life and flow of God from within. Notice the next thing he said, Elisha put his hands upon the king's hand. Now the next thing he said was, open the window eastward. And he opened the window eastward. Here's the next thing you've got to do. Next uh, step in this, you need to look towards the place of your potential future victory. 
Now you see, notice here, the place towards the east, or the land towards the east, was the land where the Syrians had invaded. It was the place of his defeat. It was the place of his problem. It was the place of his difficulty. And he says, open the windows up towards the east. He says, I don't want to do that. That's where the problems are. I'd much rather go out this way and open up towards the west. And the Lord spoke to him and said, now open up towards the east. Look out where your problems are. In other words, face the place where your problems and difficulties are because that's where your victory will be. If you're going to have a victory in your life, you have to face the issues. If you've got a problem in your life, you have to face it. You can't run away from it. You can't just pray about it. God wants you to look and to face these things. Face whatever issue. Got a financial problem? Face it. Get the facts. Look at it. So he looks out the window. No, he looks out the window at the place. Now he can see, as far as the eye can see, there are Syrians and there are problems. He has to face the issue that he's believing God to get a victory in. And then the Lord says an interesting thing to him. He says, now I want you to fire an arrow. He says, this arrow is the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. Now, what he was doing was something which was very common in the olden days. When a king decided to invade a country, what they would often do is they'd take an arrow or a spear, and then they would just hurl it into the country they intended to conquer. When Alexander, Alexander the Great came to the land of Persia, and he landed on the shores of Persia, the first thing he did was he picked up a spear, and he stood up, and he hurled the spear as far as he could into the land of Persia. He was demonstrating his intention to conquer what lay ahead of him. Isn't that an amazing picture there? How God says, now look over the potential, look over the problem area of your life. Look over the area where you're needing a breakthrough. And he said, then he says, now fire an arrow. Express your determination that you are going to defeat this problem and have a breakthrough. What an amazing thing. And he said, this is the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. So he actually says prophetically, the firing of that arrow is symbolic that you are going to conquer what lays out ahead of you. So you and I are going to make decisions in life that we will face the issues and then that we will believe that God will give us a victory and a breakthrough. If you've got a problem in your life, a habit you can't get through, the first place to look is to the Lord. You've tried everything else, now turn to, turn to him. Secondly is position yourself so that you can actually hear from him how to handle. Where did this issue come from? How did this issue get in your life? Let God give you insight. Then face the thing fair and square and express your determination. I'm going to win. I'm not going to back off. Now the king, the king was told to do one more thing. And this is the uh, thing often which makes the difference whether we get a breakthrough and really win or not. He said, look, he said, shoot. And he shot, and he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance from Syria, for you shall smite the Syrians in Aphek until you have consumed them. So in other words, he gave him a word from God himself about victory if he would just go out and face and fight in that situation. One of the keys to getting victory in our life is to getting a clear word from God about what he wants us to do. One of the things that's a privilege for you and I as a believer is to spend time in the presence of God listening to Him for wisdom and direction about what to do. And when God gives you a word of direction, it's because He intends to work with you to bring about that victory in that area. See, whatever situation you have in life, God has got an answer for it. Jesus said, come to me. I've been there and I've done it. I've been there and done it. I won, won the victory. So when we look to him, we begin to wait on him. He will speak through the scripture, he'll speak to your heart, he'll speak into your life and show you what you need to do. 
I can remember many years ago having a, faced a situation where I'd had a uh, relationship. My grandmother was very disappointed with me because I'd uh, left the Catholic Church and now was involved in Pentecostal Church. She was quite grieved over it all and quite offended with me, really. And uh, the time of her birthday came, and I really didn't know quite what to do. And uh, I was thinking, oh, I must get something really nice to try and make up for this. Some re human reasonings, you see. And uh, so... What I did was, uh, I began to think, and then, and blow me down, the birthday came and went, and I forgot it. I couldn't believe it. I'm walking down the street one day, and I thought, oh, my God, I haven't got one problem. I've got two problems now. And uh, I thought, this is getting worse all the time. I thought, I know what I'll do, human reasoning. I will get something bigger. That's human reasoning, see? And uh, so what I did was went down, and as I was walking down the street, so I started to turn to the Lord and position myself, say, Lord, what should I do? What will I do? What will I do? What will I do? What should I do? And I felt the Lord just say, go into that shop there. I went into the shop, looked around, and the Lord gave me a little, just impressed on me a little picture. And that little picture was one, I didn't really like the little picture myself. I'd given up all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but it was a picture of the shepherd with the sheep. And uh, I remember looking at this thing, and the Lord said, I want you to take that picture, get it, and I want you to send it to her. And uh, I walked around the shop, and I was struggling over this thing, not realizing that a word from God carries with it the power to change that situation. I was a very young Christian, just beginning at this stage. And uh, so in the, end, I want, in the end, I thought, well, I've got nothing to lose. I've got everything to gain by listening to God and doing what God says. So I took the picture, bought the thing. I bought some flowers and put them together, sent them off to her. Didn't hear anything for a little while. And then when I saw her the next time, uh, I said to her, well, did you get the gift? She said, oh, yeah, thank you very much for the flowers. I'm thinking, what about that picture? And so I said, did you get the picture? Could it not impossible not to get the picture altogether. And uh, she said, oh, yes, that really reminded me. And I said, well, what, what, what did it remind you of? She said, well, when I was 13, my friend and I really got one of the teachers really upset with us, and we were in big trouble, and we decided to buy that picture as a gift for her to put our relationship with her right. Can you imagine that? And that was 60 years prior. And God knew 60 years ago what she had done and could give me something that I could do that would change the whole relationship. And you see, it's like I still had to go in the shop. I still had to buy the gift and write the card and send the card and do all the things. But God put his arms around it, and it became the arrow of the Lord's victory. It became a way of defeating the problem that was not just human. It actually had a divine element in it. Because God knew what happened in her life 60 years ago and that that picture would trigger off that memory and would change the relationship. From that point on, our relationship improved and altered and, uh, and it was reflected very much later before she died just in the connection we had with her. In other words, a word from God of direction and wisdom can actually carry with it power that will bring a change in your circumstance. You've got to get a word from God. You've got to listen to God. We need to hear the voice of God. We need to hear what God has to say. It's not about what, how big the problem is. It's not about how big our life is. What does God say you could do that would change it? What does God say you could do that would shift that situation? What does God say that you could do that would turn that person's heart back again? What does God say that you could do that would break through that financial situation? What does God say that you could do that would get a breakthrough in your friend's life or a breakthrough in your school situation? What does God say? 
You see, we're not limited to just our own plans and our own abilities. We can listen to what God says, and when we do what God says, we are firing an arrow of the Lord's deliverance to bring a breakthrough in that situation. It requires, though, that we do what God said. Now, notice this what God said to him. Here's the last thing that he said. He said, now, I want you to take all the rest of those arrows, and I want you to smite them on the ground in victory. And so the king picked the arrows up, and he hit them on the ground once, twice, three times, and then he gave up. And the prophet got extremely angry. And he got angry this way. He said, you know something? If you had hit more than three times, you would have seen a total destruction of your enemies. He said, when I got you to hit the ground three times, when I got you to hit the ground, I wanted you to demonstrate a passionate belief in what I had said to you. I wanted you to demonstrate a passionate belief in the word I gave you, so much so that when I said, this is the arrow of the Lord's deliverance, hit it on the ground, you would beat it on the ground, and you would keep beating on the ground as a determination, I'm going to win this battle. And he said, you beat it on the ground three times, you win the battle three times. But if you had really had passion and wholeheartedness, you could have written that enemy off and had no more problems in the future. What a difference, eh? And uh, so the final lesson we see out of here is you need to passionately follow through what God has given you. Do it with a passion. Do it wholeheartedly. Don't do it half-heartedly. The king's problem here was he did what he did half-heartedly because he didn't really believe it would get the results. And so the Bible tells us, look what it says here in the final verse of here. It says three times in verse 25, three times did Joash beat him and recovered cities of Israel. So you notice this, that he just got in proportion to his faith. Now, one of the difficulties, you need to understand this, is what God tells us to do, do it passionately, do it full of faith, and follow it through. Otherwise, you don't always see the results of what you're doing. You notice here, he got three times a victory. He could have really beaten the enemy and driven them off and never had any trouble with them ever again. When you read in the paper, do you notice something you see up there? You notice you hear sometimes about Syria. These are the same people that this king could have cleaned up and finished off. And they're still there, and they're still annoying Israel, and they're still creating problems to this day because a king who got a word from God failed to fully believe that God would work with them and totally destroy the enemies of Israel. You wonder how the course of history changed because one man only half-heartedly believed what God told him, and he got in proportion to the faith he had. You will receive in your life according to what you believe. In other words, what's happening in your life mostly reflects what you believe. If you change what you believe, if you start to allow your heart to believe what God says to you and passionately pursue it, you will start to find that what's happening around you will change as well. You are seeing what you really believe. And if you will believe, you will see some different things. Every one of us has got to make choices about what we're going to believe. And the key for this man here, for his breakthrough, is with number one, position yourself where God can speak with you. Position yourself with understanding and faith that God has got the answer for your life to break through. Secondly, you need to listen to what God says to you. Get a word from God about your situation. Third, you need to start to take action and resolve you're going to fight. You're going to stand up. You're going to do all that it takes 
to get the release and the breakthrough. No plan B of escape. I'm going to win. You have to resolve in your heart. That's what you're going to do. I'm going to win. I'm not going to quit. I will not quit. Next thing, you need to actually act on what God shows you, knowing that God will come with you and help you and encompass what you do. And the last thing you need to do is be passionate, not half-hearted, and continue until you get the results. This man here could have had a huge victory. He did get victories. He did win cities back. Can you imagine standing there, and there are three cities that he's recovered, and there's about 15 that are still full of invaders. And he could have had the 15, not just the three. I wonder what things God could bring into your life if you would believe for bigger things rather than settle for the little. How much will you settle for in your life in the remainder of this year and the next year? What will you settle for? What will you say, oh, well, you know, I guess that's okay. I just get a bit of it. In Psalm 18, the Bible says that David was in distress. He was overwhelmed by his enemies. And he said, in my distress, I cried to the Lord. First thing he did was he cried to the Lord. And the Lord heard me and delivered me and set me in a large place. So you notice here, number one, he cried to the Lord. Number two, God heard him and delivered him, got him out of the hole and got him into a big place or a place of expansion. And then he said this. He said, then the Lord taught me to fight. And I pursued my enemies and I fought them and beat them into the dust and I begged for mercy. I gave them none until they were totally wiped out. In other words, he didn't just cry out, God, just give me a bit of a breakthrough. He said, God, I want this thing cleaned up and it's not going to be a problem anymore. Now, you see, you've got to have that mentality in life. Not to just pray, God, give me a blessing. God, just touch me. But whatever problem, habit, situation you face, you say, God, I want to fight a decisive battle and finish this now. If rejection is your problem, then you want to fight a decisive battle and beat it. If lust is a problem, fight a decisive battle and determine you're going to get the victory over it and hound that thing until you've, you've mastered it in the Holy Ghost. See, this is the way that God teaches us to pray. David was a man after God's heart. And so he didn't just get happy just to get God to bless him and deliver him. What he did was he said, God, teach me now how I can overcome this thing and beat it down. And then he fought until he absolutely destroyed his enemies. Now, that's a man after God's heart. I find a lot of people happy to come and receive ministry and get prayer, but what they're not doing is making a decision to position themselves where they can hear God's strategy and plan to defeat the issues of their life and then passionately pursue it until their life and their destiny changes. Are you such a person? Why don't we close our eyes and bow our heads right now. Father, we just thank you that whatever situation in life we face, you have the answer and you're willing to share it with us. We thank you, Lord, tonight that for every person here who's facing a struggle or difficulty, you have a word and answer for them. Lord, tonight I'm asking that your presence come and bring releases and breakthroughs. Just while our eyes are closed and heads are bowed, is there anyone here tonight? And uh, you, just tonight you've come, you don't know Jesus Christ. You've never actually made the very first step of turning to know Jesus Christ, turning to become a Christian. This is what the Bible says. You are living a life without God cut off from God, you're living a life in sin, and that sin has separated you from God and means you have no access to the life of God. You've got to struggle alone in life with your own resources. But tonight, one decision could change all of that, the decision to receive Jesus Christ. This is what Jesus said to everyone who received him. 
Everyone who made him welcome. Everyone who trusted their life into his hands and let him lead them. Everyone that purposed that they would follow Christ. He said he gives them power to become a child of God. Power to totally change from the inside. And when you've changed on the inside, everything around you begins to change as a matter of course. I wonder, is there any person sitting here tonight, you're not yet a Christian, and tonight you've been searching, seeking, you've been looking, there's something missing in your life. What you're missing is the presence of God, a relationship with Jesus Christ. Tonight you could have that, we could pray for you just in a few moments, and your whole life and destiny can change. But you must make a decision. You're here tonight, that's a good first decision. Now you make a second decision, that you'll respond to God's word to you. He says, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open up to me, I will come into them. And I will fellowship with them. I want you just to raise your hand if you're here tonight and you're not yet a Christian. You've never given your life to Christ. And tonight you're making a decision. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I want to become a believer, a follower of Christ. I want my life to change. I want purpose. I want to be connected with God. Would you raise your hand tonight and say, that's me. That's me tonight. I just want to give my life to Christ. I want to become a Christian. Is there any person here tonight? You're just right at that place. Just raise your hand and say, that's me. That's me. I want to come to Christ. Anyone else here tonight, perhaps? And you're in a situation where you've just walked away or your, your heart has moved a long way from God and you feel tonight, God just saying, you need to come back to me. You need to come back and start to live in my presence. You need to build a prayer life. You need to draw near again. You've let disappointments overwhelm you. You've let troubles and struggles overwhelm you. You've lost your hope and your courage. You need to come back. Is there anyone tonight God's been speaking to you about that? Just quickly put your hand up and down. God bless. One of there's anyone tonight and you're facing a big challenge and you knew that God was speaking to you tonight to draw near to him to determine and make a decision you're going to face that situation to open yourself up to it and expose yourself to it you're going to listen to what God says and begin to face that challenge believing that God will empower you Does anyone tonight God spoke to you that way just quickly raise your hand God bless, God bless, many like that Father I thank you for people responding to your word tonight I thank you Lord tonight Lord your desire is Lord to empower us to win in life Lord Fill us with passion. Fill us with faith. That we might not settle just for blessings. But we might settle only for major breakthroughs and enlargement in our life. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Why don't we just stand and lift our hands to the Lord and just worship Him for a moment more. And those people who put your hand up, perhaps you'd like to come to the front. We'd love to stand in agreement with you. Believing that God will speak to you. And give words of encouragement. That means tomorrow when you get up, you start to pray. You start to read the Bible. You start to ask God to give you strategies to help you. To show you what He wants you to do. And then you pursue it passionately. Why don't you come to the front now. The number of people tonight that just felt God speak to them and touch them tonight. Just come quickly. Make a row here facing the front. And we'll just pray for you in just a moment. Okay, we've got a song. I love a worship song. It's a great presence of God here tonight. Like to come, just come. Many people tonight, God was speaking to you about the need to break through. Difficult situation, impossible situation. So you, you need to stand up. You need to do what needs to be done in that situation. Just come now. Just come. Let's lift our hands to the Lord.
lift our hands to him. Is there anyone else tonight? Just come. Just come now. Come quickly. Please just raise your hands right now. Lift your hands to the Lord. The answer to your problem lies in what you believe and what you do. See, it's not going to magically disappear. When you get up tomorrow, it'll be there again. But this is what God is wanting you to do. Tonight, to position yourself, God, I open myself up. Over these next days and weeks, I position myself every day before you and your word and in prayer listening for your directions, instructions, what to do. And Lord, whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to face the situation in my life. I will begin to speak over it. I will begin to do what you tell me to do. And I will do it passionately. I will do it with faith until I break through in that situation. And God will put his hands around your hands. His life will flow through you because of the faith in your heart. According to your faith, it will be done to you. So tonight, the people that are praying with you may have a word of prophecy for you. But what they want you to do is stand in agreement that as you believe, it will be done for you. That's what Jesus said to people who came to him. According as you believe, it shall be done unto you. Don't be afraid. Fear not. All things are possible with God. Jesus spoke those words to a man whose daughter was dead beyond all reach of human hope. And he said, don't be afraid. Don't be overwhelmed. Don't be dismayed. Only believe that God can do something through you. Amen. Lift your hands to the Lord right now. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we break the power of despair and unbelief. We release a spirit of faith, a spirit of prayer, and a spirit of confidence into each one here. Believing, O oh God, you will strengthen them, help them, and that they will do far more exceedingly abundantly than they would ever have thought possible according to your power working within them. In Jesus' name. Ministry team, would you like to go pray for people right now? Church, let's worship.